true lovers, what will we do? The drive-ins have disappeared. The campfires refuse to burn. The peep shows were never not a problem. And when's the last time you heard a viewfinder click? And as for poor Saturday morning, not to mention Saturday night. Oh, true lovers and fellow travelers. What are we to do? What can you do? But pitch your head to the big inky beyond and demand. Tell me a story, you son of a bitch. And as if by magic, ancient neon fires up. A campfire crackles, quarters drop and wheels turn in glorious anthem. There's one place left, true lovers. They are calling attendance. There's a place for you. But do you dare step inside? Children today make no sense. They are nonsense. Their concerns, their traumas, their disapproval of their parents is out of step with reality. But what can a good parent do if they happen to find themselves the parent of a post-sense child? Which they will, because all children today have left sense behind. The law says parents must raise them, at least until the age of 18, and believe me, we are working diligently to lower that age. But until then, here are some simple steps and practices you can use to make your nonsensical offspring make just a little more sense to you. Step 1. Set the scene. Today's post-sense brat knows nothing but the peaceful, problem-free world they currently inhabit. Paint a picture of the world of your childhood. Terrify them with the truth that they have nothing to complain about. Shower them with sense from the past. It was simply what the air was. Thick and deadly. Lucky if you could see far enough ahead to fool yourself into thinking you could make it wherever you thought you might be going. And would that it were only air. No, no. There was a poison in it that stopped you breathing, but you couldn't stop moving. Stopping would be to surrender, letting the poison take you. To keep moving was an act of defiance, a small victory even as the tiny claws of the poison ripped up your respiratory and lashed your lungs. Not to mention the snow. It always snowed in those days. My days. Lucky if it was only up to your knees. Lucky if it stopped falling long enough for you to, once again, fool yourself into thinking you could go out into the world and live a life. They called it the Snog, a combination of the fiercest, blizzarded snow and the smog of a thousand factories and a thousand thousand automobiles. And you have never known such torments, Missy, in your whole sweet little life. I am not doing a voice, Jenny. 
I'm just giving emphasis. I'm just trying to get through to you that maybe things aren't so bad these days, that maybe your old man, who isn't so old, might know a thing or two about a thing or two. The snow never stopped. Every night I'd pray for a clear morning, but God, or whatever, would never grant my pleas. Didn't matter. We were tough little monsters then. We could hack it because we had to. There was no alternative. Jenny, I know you and your friends believe there's always an alternative, but sometimes you just gotta walk through the snow. And every school day, that's what we did. Miles and miles and miles. Everything was farther apart in those days. Nothing convenient. Everything took four to six weeks and was worth the wait. And in its way, the snog was worth it. Do you know where the snog came from, Jenny? Did they teach you that in your easily traveled to school? Where things are just handed to you and, you know, not a moment's hardship? I'm sorry, Jenny. That was rude of me. Accurate, but rude. But do you know? Do you know what snog was? <laughs> no, not even close. Snog was the price of progress, and we paid it gladly. Snog came from the fine automobiles everyone could afford, because all the new fangled factories, which also made Snog, put them out so fast and cheap, the savings they passed on to the customer. Those things were real beauties. And there was so much of it. But I suppose you could have too much of a good thing, and there was that one day when, I don't remember, 200 people died or got sick or stayed home. Anyways, they ruined it for the rest of us, who knew that if the snog went away, so too would progress. And that's why nothing got or gets better, Jenny. Because when they got rid of the snog, they also got rid of the ingenuity it takes to get rid of the snog. They accomplished too much. And like I always say to you kids, accomplishment, schmomplishment. Speaking of schmomplishment, why don't you go up into the attic and see which one of the rafter beams is infested with termites? If you find one, maybe your old man will tell you another tale of the better times. A valuable brain weapon in the fight against children is nostalgia. As much as your childhood was worse, and therefore better than your child's current childhood, there are almost good things that you do remember, because they were better. The toys, the movies, the habits and traditions, the fads of your youth dwarf and crush whatever hoo-ha your post-sense child is currently up to. Play one of your favorite games with the post-sense urchin you are trying to sensify. They'll have no choice but to fall in love with your yester-youth. They call it retro. You found the termites. Excellent. Well, it looks like you found quite a few things. Old taxes, 
your mother's novel and <gasps> could it be it is jenny look what do you mean what is it <laughs> read with your eye brains that's right it's my old favorite game stab checkers well not only is it a real game jenny it was the most popular game of my youth briefly before it disappeared off shelves Probably because of how popular it was. Yeah. Yes, that's why. How do you play? <laughs> Just like it sounds, Jenny. It's like checkers, but instead of round little pieces, you use your fingers. And instead of using the pieces, or your fingers, to jump and king, you use this knife. <coughs> to stab your opponent. Why are you crying, Jenny? No, I think you'll find Daddy did not, in fact, stab you. See? <laughs> Spring-loaded, dull plastic blade. You could barely put an eye out, even if you tried. Although, this must have been your mother's set. I sharpened mine and took the spring out for a more... intense gameplay. Because everybody did it, Jenny. It was the most popular game, and it was even more popular to customize. I don't see what this has to do with friends and cliffs, Jennifer. My friends and I jumped off of things together all the time, and it made us closer and better prepared for later life. Except that one kid who jumped down a well. He always insisted on going first. Never made it back up. I couldn't tell you what happened to him. Because no one jumped in after him, Jenny. So we're in agreement. You wouldn't, uh... You wouldn't, you wouldn't maybe want to play a game of stab checkers with your old pop now, would you, Jenny? It's not a nice look you just gave me, Jenny. Not a nice look at all for a young lady. It might have been nice if we did something I wanted to do for a change. And I only fake stabbed you. Your generation is so touchy about every little thing. Can't fake stab you. Can't tell you about how things were worse so also better when I was your age. Of course you're not bleeding, Jenny. As I've said, I only fake-stabbed you with the fake knife from an old children's game that's very dear to me, your old pop. Why would your head be bleeding? I didn't stab your head. Uh, from the fall? From the ceiling? I don't know, Jenny. It's only about 20 feet. That's not really enough for a serious wound. That's my fault. I let you wear a bike helmet, and now you think everything is just a head injury in disguise. No, it's probably your mother's fault. Uh, maybe we can play another game if you haven't got the gumption for stab checkers. Let's see, looks like some more of my boyhood treasures fell through. Nudie mags, slingshot. Ooh, cap guns! <laughs> Why, me and my pals would play with these for hours. We'd make up all kinds of games, and we'd imitate all our favorite movies our parents didn't know we were watching late at night on the cable. <laughs> Real R-rated stuff, Jenny. I'm talking robotic policemen, wink-wink, nose-tap, nose-tap. Why don't we play Corners? That was always our favorite game. Okay, here's how it works. You take one Capcom, I take another. We go to opposite ends of the house and slowly work our way towards each other, hoping to turn a corner on an unsuspecting opponent, then gun them down in a hail of bullets. <laughs> Jenny, you look absolutely terrified. What is it, sweetheart? 
Oh, uh, I am. So, I am so sorry. I completely forgot. I know. I know what's happened to your friend. Friends. But can you blame me for forgetting? Your kids have such busy schedules these days. Who can keep track? <laughs> and it's not like it was on the calendar. Jenny, where are you going? You open this door right now, Missy. The post-sense child is a failure. We, and by we, I mean you, the failure's parent, must admit this before going any farther. For you were a perpetual success in life as a youngster, the post-sensical child is constantly falling face-first into trauma and tragedy. School shootings, climate change, whatever that may or may not be, wealth inequality, social injustice, gender... Well, that's inappropriate to mention near a child, post-sense or otherwise. Where do they find all this nonsense? You never had to deal with this nonsense. The children. It came from the children. It is the children's fault. You know we're right. You've always wanted to say it, but we're too afraid. Of children. Well, be afraid no more. Shove it in their face. Tell them. Conquer them with your own truth. Show them that the hardships of your sense-making childhood trumps their silly crises that seem to never end. Don't worry about embellishing. And don't skimp on the carnage. Jenny? Jenny, it's your old pop. Can I come in? I'm coming in. Jenny, I am so sorry. I was I was angry, but that's no... I shouldn't have said those things, and I should never have suggested... It's just... Your old man comes from a different time, Jenny, and it's hard to let go, to not love where you came from and the things that made you. I really didn't mean to belittle what happened at school the other week. The incident. I know it was tragic and all, but... What could have been done? That boy... No law was going to stop him. You know that, Jenny. You're a smart girl. That boy was just determined to harm. Wasn't like that, my day. Kids didn't. Couldn't. Kids weren't the problem then. Adults were. It was the adults. Strangers, they were called. You kids don't know strangers. Everyone's known to you because of socialist media. Social media, what did I say? Strangers and stranger danger were what kids worried about, not fellow kid danger. And strangers were everywhere. Even people you knew could turn out to have been strangers all along. I remember one school day. I remember it because it was one of the few days of childhood that was snow-free, just sunny and clear and suspicious. With the snow gone, it was farther to school. Miles and miles became miles and more miles. I set out early that snowless day for one reason. I had a book report to deliver. We read books in those days, and then we reported on them, so people would know what was in them. That's how knowledge worked then. 
I wanted to get to school in plenty of time, so I did something I normally never would have done. I took the shortcut. Mom, that's your grandmom, told me never to go that way because that was a bad neighborhood. Never knew why it was bad except for those people. That's what mom, your grandmom, always said. That those people lived there on that street in that neighborhood. So I figured those people must be strangers, so I avoided them and their neighborhood any chance I could get. But this day, the risk was worth it. So I cut through that bad neighborhood, head on a swivel, on a lookout for those people, for strangers, for any stray pervert that might try and snatch me or entice me into their windowless van with the promise of candies or trading cards. In fact, I hoped a stranger would try and interfere with me because I had something for him. I had a slingshot. I know you've heard of them. A slingshot used to be required if you wanted to be a cool kid. No self-respecting minor went unarmed in my day. I know that's hard to hear, honey, what with incidents having occurred. And I know times have changed, but they hadn't changed then yet, so you can't get mad at your old pop. So there I was, in the bad neighborhood, taking a shortcut, armed to the teeth, when I hear a voice call out from behind me. Young man! Couldn't believe it at first. You get told by your parents to watch out for them. Ads on TV make them all scary and grotesque. Your friends tell you stories they've heard from their older brothers about kids who got snatched what happened to him, but you never really think you'll get the chance to experience it yourself. Young man! There it is again. Closer this time. The stranger is getting closer, trying to get my attention, so I keep walking. If I've got to take action, I've got to get myself a good spot. I learned that from watching violent TV shows. Violence is the best teacher, Jenny. That's why we always watch the Sunday afternoon war movies. I quickened my pace. There was a wide, flat driveway up ahead. If something had to happen, it's best it happened there. I can hear the footsteps of the stranger still following. I hit my position at the far end of the driveway, and I stopped. I heard them stop. I did not turn around. What did I do, Jenny? Come on. What did I do? In a mere moment, I get a flash of missing children on milk cartons like Wild West Wanted posters. Every after-school special that prepared me, that honed me, every very special episode of hit family sitcoms where the weaker guest star child was taken and messed with, while the child star of the program, the tougher one, knew the right and true thing to do. But there was no adult around for me to tell. It was just me. Me and my slingshot. Young man! You dropped your book In less than a heartbeat, I drew the slingshot from my waistband, pulled a metal ball bearing from the pocket of my jacket, dropped it in the sling as I pulled it back from maximum tension, and twisting my young body to perfect and true aim. I 
and sent that ball bearing to its new home in the eye socket of that perverted stranger. Though it was a great victory, I could not afford to tarry. I ran, shot out of that driveway like I was in a slingshot myself, and headed out of that bad neighborhood. In addition to the screams of that one-eyed sicko, I could hear cars starting. Apparently, my act of self-defense had been witnessed by other area strangers. Mom, your grandmom, was right. That was a bad neighborhood, and I should never have entered its dark lanes. But your old pop wasn't no dummy, Jenny. I took a shortcut on a shortcut and ran through backyards, hopping fences, going where that pervert patrol and their station wagons could not go. I arrived at school with time to spare and not a stranger or station wagon in sight. I ran through the hall, stopping only briefly to shove Adam Carmody into his open locker. <laughs> he loved it. It was a little game we played. If you can believe it, Jenny, kids actually liked being bullied back then. Uh-huh. You should give it a try. I got to homeroom and I sat in my desk. Just minutes to spare, and I hadn't made it. I reached in my backpack to pull out my book report, and... It was gone. Then I realized what had happened. Somehow, that stranger had pickpocketed my backpack and was going to use my own schoolwork to tempt me into his van or shed or dungeon. Can you believe it? I never regretted taking that bastard's eye. What did I do? Well, I had to go back for it. And I did. But that's a tale for another time. Well, pretty impressed with your old pop, aren't you, Jenny? No. What do you mean, no? I'm proud of it. I'm damn proud of it. If I hadn't maimed that man... I wouldn't have been there on the day your mother got pregnant with you. And then where would you be, Jenny? Where would you be? Nowhere. See, if things were like they are now back then, it would have been worse. That's why things don't need to change. I don't need to change, Jenny. Maybe you need to change. Did you ever think of that? How could things change when I haven't? And I won't, and the world will be better for it. Now, whether you like it or not, you're going to play stab checkers with your old pop. Maybe you'll learn a thing or two about a thing or two. Jenny, where are you going? I told you, you couldn't go to that vigil. I don't care if they were your friends. It sends a bad message. Mourning is for the weak. Change is for the weak. And my daughter is not weak. I'm not weak. I'm not. not. Congratulations! You have made sense of your post-sense child. You have changed them without any change or other harm to yourself. Go now and bask in the adoration and gratitude of a humbled offspring. From now on, you shall never want for obedience or company, and you can be secure in knowing you will be taken care of in your old age by a loving son or daughter. Congratulations!
Congratulations indeed, true lovers. Oh, how I remember when I was old and wrong, but now I'm young and right because I changed. Also, fiber. This Nocturne's diorama was titled The Post-Sense Child. It was written, read, recorded, and wrought by Ryan McClary, which is still, for the foreseeable future, me. Hello again. You can find us online at die-orama.com. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. If you do subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, how about leaving a comment and a review? In this world of future radio, every little help helps. We also have a Facebook page, because world domination is our goal, and a Facebook page is the first step towards that, or so a real cool kid named Marky Z told us. He seemed real hip. He had cigarettes. On your way, fellow travelers. But swing by again next week. We won't care if you're nude, as long as you wear a mask when you enter... The Diorama. The Diorama. <laughs>